afternoon, America. Welcome to the Deeds List. I'm Dean Bowen. We're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board. This our last day of, well, our last day here at the Dean's List, our, our last day of 2023. Next week, uh, Christmas week, we will, um, we're just going to, you know, be running best ofs. And I'm not sure what the best ofs are going to be. I'm actually going to have to listen to see what, <laughs> what do the producers think are the, are the best ofs. This should be interesting. You know, we've only been at this for five months. We started in August. Uh, so we only have, you know, five months under our belt. So we'll see. We'll see what's out there. But uh, this is it. Today is our last day uh, of the year, our last show of the year. So we're just going to have some Christmas fun. I'm not going to talk about the news. You know, just kind of what we did yesterday. I'm not going to get into, you know, the garbage out there. I'm not going to get into the junk. Just going to talk about Christmas, really the the miracle of Christmas, um, the beauty of the season. Uh, you know they um, they say you know the 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 reports show that this time of year suicides are through the roof. You know this time of year can really cause depression, loneliness. You know people look across the table and they see an empty chair. Um, you know, we've we've all experienced loss and we've all experienced hardships. We've all lost somebody that we love. You know, it's part of life. Losing loved ones is it's I, I don't mean to sound cold and callous, but, you know, but it's it's part of life. And we all go through it. And this can be a time, really a rough time. But if our focus, if we can just shift our focus and our perspective from, from the loss and from the loneliness and just shift it to the gift of the season, it might help. It just might help a little bit just to, to lay our focus on the, the miracle of, of the season. Well, Dean, I, you know, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in, in Jesus Christ. I don't believe in that business. Oh, okay. I mean, I get it. You know, not everyone's a believer in that regard. You know, but even just for a moment, it, you know, if you if you could just find some hope, find some joy in this in this season. I mean, that's really what that's what we want to do today. We just want to find hope. We want to find joy in the season. It's it's you know what we did yesterday. I talked about one of my most favorite. Christmas Day stories of all time. You know, Washington rallies the troops. Uh, you know, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, they're they're planning this uh, assault on Trenton. They cross the the Delaware, and it just turns out to just be this magnanimous victory. This 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 victory that really, you know, you could say really turned things around. I mean, there were other um, there were defeats. That followed. I mean, it wasn't all, you know, glory and, and victory, but but it was that that moment, that Trenton moment, that turned the tide of the war ultimately. Because you know, Washington had he was losing men left and right, not only to death and capture, but to desertion. Remember, like I'm out of here. I'm just, and you know, Thomas, you know, Paine writes that American crisis number one. Uh, you know, and he just really stirred 
people's hearts and they came back to the cause and Washington's uh, Christmas Day night uh, journey across the Delaware is what really cemented that in the hearts of, of the minds and the people. And yeah, we just had fun with it. Uh, I, I just, you know, I enjoy history anyway. And so I just love to, to, to dive into it and mine lessons from it. You know, what lessons can, can we learn from, from these stories of, of history? There's, you know, lessons of fortitude, lessons of determination, lessons of perseverance and stick to and and hope for liberty, uh, you know, hope and, and, and freedom. And I've got another similar story today. This is, you know, maybe more recent than the Revolutionary War. Uh, but today is December 22nd. Uh, and this is the day that, oh, man, this is such a good story. I mean, you're going to love it. This is the day that uh, General McAuliffe uh, replied uh, just one word when the Germans said, look, McAuliffe, you need to surrender. And he just gave him a one-word reply, and that word was nuts. <laughs> I don't know if he was referring to a, uh, you know, if he was referring to, you know, a body part, or if he was just telling that the Germans like you guys are nuts. I, I you know, I don't know. His his just his reply was nuts. Uh, and today was the day. Today is the anniversary of that. Um, December nineteen forty four. We're in the last stages of World War II. The German forces mounted a fierce surprise attack against the Allied troops in the Ardennes forest of Belgium. Powerful German tanks punched in the, into the thinly stretched American line, creating a huge bulge in the U.S. defenses along the front. Uh, and, and so the, the, the fighting you know, goes down in history as the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, American soldiers in the town of Bastogne, they found themselves surrounded, short on ammunition and ill-equipped to fight in the heavy snows that began to fall. The weather was just, you know, here we are again. We're in this moment where the weather plays such a pivotal role. And it would appear that the Americans have their backs against the wall. You know, they're surrounded. They're short on ammunition, short on supplies. They're ill-equipped to fight in this inclement weather and these heavy snows. Um, bad weather grounding American supply planes. No relief was in sight. And then, uh, you know, um, General Patton is trying to to get his, you know, his his third army to uh, to come to the to the defense here of Bastogne, but the weather is is keeping everybody pinned down. So here we are on December 22nd, when a group of Germans approached under a flag of truce. They handed the Americans a piece of paper demanding the surrender of the town within two hours. <laughs> Look here, fellas, you got two hours. We've got you surrounded. Come on. We know you don't have supplies because, uh, you know, we've got you surrounded. We know supplies haven't been coming in. Uh, why don't you just, you, you know, you got two hours to think about this but we're demanding your surrender. American officers took the ultimatum to their commander, General Anthony McAuliffe. And so they give McAuliffe the note, and he says, us surrender? Oh, nuts. 
Isn't that just like a like a, a, a an American general? What us Americans? What would they they expect us to surrender? Oh, nuts! That seemed like a good reply, as any. Uh, McAuliffe grabbed a pencil and he wrote to the German commander, "Nuts!" Exclamation mark. And then he sent the message back through the lines. How perfect is that? I mean, just leave it to an American general that that's his reply. Nuts. I'm not I'm not about to surrender. I mean, you might give me two hours to think about it. Here comes my reply in 60 seconds. It's one word. Nuts. I love it. The Germans set out to obliterate Bastagne. Um, you know, they get this, they get this message, you know, they get this this one word, nuts. They weren't really sure how to take it. I, I think they were they were deeply offended by it, you know, because they weren't sure, you know. What does he actually mean here? What, you know, what's he referring to? Um, so they set out, and they're going to just blow Bastani off the map. Artillery bombarded the town, while tanks attacked from every side. With no way to evacuate their wounded and medical supplies now gone, the Americans hung on with grim determination. But finally, finally the weather cleared. And um, General George S. Patton's army arrived to reinforce the town and to save McAuliffe and his troops. And there's the backstory. There's a backstory to this. And it's 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 one of the best backstories in the history of backstories. What was going on behind the scenes uh, in Patton's office? What was going on, you know, behind the scenes is as Patton was trying to to get to this point, he's trying to break the German lines. He's trying to come to the aid of McAuliffe and 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 this little band of Americans that were pinned down. Basically, no hope. Uh, but this backstory here is just it's one of the best backstories of all time. Uh, early in December. Uh, you know, Patton's Third Army, they're, they're poised for this, you know, breakthrough across the, the Rhine River. It's a formidable natural obstacle, but they need to cross through it to finish off this invasion of Germany by the Western Allies. And the date for their attack was set for December 19th. But this foul weather just kept everybody pinned down, bogged down. On the morning of December 8th, Patton phoned his head chaplain, James O'Neill, who was a Catholic priest, head chaplain of the Third Army. And this is how the conversation goes. This is General Patton. Do you have a good prayer for weather? We must do something about those rains if we are to win the war. Uh, O'Neill told Patton that he would research the topic and report back to him within an hour. Uh, after hanging up the phone, O'Neill looked out his window. He's watching the, the rains fall. They've plagued the Third Army's operations for the past three months. And he goes to his to his his prayer books, his books of, of prayer, and he starts searching for uh, a formal prayer pertaining to the weather. Page after page after page, he cannot find a prayer that is involving the weather. So he sits down to his typewriter, and he composes an, an original prayer. And it's short. He types that on a, on a on a note card, and he you know crosses the quadrangle, 
uh, you know, to the at, where they were at these old French military barracks that that are serving as their headquarters, and and you know he crosses the the field there, the lawn, and he reports to Patton's office, and he hands Patton the prayer. Uh, Patton reads the prayer, loves the prayer, orders him to have two hundred and fifty thousand copies printed, and to see to it that every man in the army gets a copy of this prayer. And here's what it says. Almighty and most merciful Father, we humbly beseech thee of thy great goodness to restrain, to restrain these immoderate rains with which we have had to contend. Grant us fair weather for battle. Graciously hearken to us as soldiers who call upon thee, that armed with thy power, we may advance from victory to victory and crush the oppression and wickedness of our enemies and establish thy justice among men and nations. Bum, bum, bum. It's just short. It's just simple. Uh, Patton loves it. And Patton says, um, this is fantastic. I want 250,000 copies printed and see to it that every man in the third army gets one. Uh, you know, so while um, McAuliffe and his boys are pinned down they're they're surrounded by the germans about to be obliterated you know they get this notice for um to surrender and you know mccullough says on oh, nuts you know this is my answer nuts but here we are a couple of weeks prior to this event and we've got Patton on the phone with his chaplain and he's saying we've got to do something about this weather we've been we've been pinned down for three months I can't break those German lines because of this weather. And I need you to give me a prayer. I need you, <laughs> chaplain, you start doing your job right now and you produce a prayer that we can all pray. You know, 250,000 men, I want all of them praying this prayer. Every single last one of them. You wouldn't think about Patton as being a man of prayer, would you? You know, all the stories that we hear about Patton that he just... You know, he got into trouble with um, Eisenhower because, you know, he was, you know, quick at the lip. Uh, you know, his, his temper was was short and he, uh, you know, he just got into trouble. And, you know, and a lot of times uh, Eisenhower just had to, you know, benching, you know, you and your army, you're benched. Uh, but he finally unleashes Patton here in this moment. Uh, and, you know, and, and Pat, Patton has this strategy worked out. You know, he's got this plan. He was a, a master strategist. He studied war. He knew what he wanted to do to break the German lines. But he also understood he, he couldn't do it because of the weather. And so what does he do? Calls a chaplain. And he and he, he instructs the chaplain to, to put together just a simple prayer, just something that we can pray. Because Patton believed in the power of prayer. So chaplain brings the prayer over to him uh after Patton you know orders the, the chaplain to have have the prayer you know produced the chaplain then makes note of of the conversation that took place between uh between himself and Patton and it's fascinating the general then continued these are the words of of chaplain O'Neill the general then continued chaplain sit down for a moment I want to talk to you about this business of prayer. 
And then uh, O'Neill makes note that Patton rubbed his face in his hands and sat silently for a moment, then rose up and walked to the high window of the office where he stood with his back to O'Neill, watching the falling rain. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's concerned. And he, he, what does he do? He wants to talk to the chaplain about prayer. O'Neill notes, as usual, he was dressed stunningly. His six-foot-two powerfully built physique made an unforgettable silhouette against the great window. The General Patton I saw there was the army commander to whom the welfare of the men under him was a matter of personal responsibility. Even in the heat of combat, he could take time out to, to direct new methods to prevent trench feet, to see to it that dry socks went forward daily with the rations to troops on the line, to kneel in the mud administering morphine and caring for a wounded soldier until the ambulance came. So what was coming now? What was Patton about to say now? He, here was a, a, a man who was rough around the edges, very rough and tumble, was just going to give it to you. And he invites the chaplain to sit down for a moment because he wants to talk to him about the business of prayer. And then he buries his, his face in his hands just for a few minutes and then stands up and walks to the window and stares out the window. And the chaplain's like, what in the world? What's going on? You know, what's about to happen here? He wants to talk to me about prayer. And then obviously he's, you know, you can tell he's got the weight of the world on on, on his so shoulders, feeling it heavy. All right, we will pick up the story on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. 
Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And today is our last show, our last show of the year. And we're going back into history class because, you know, it's one of our favorite places to be. Today's December 22nd, and it was on December 22nd, 1944, when the Germans ordered General McAuliffe and his American troops that were trapped in the Belgium town of Bastogne. The Germans ordered them to surrender. We've got you surrounded. You've got no supplies. Uh, you know, you're ill-fitted to, to fight in this weather. You guys are getting your heinies kicked by the weather. Come on. We're going to give you two hours to surrender. Yeah. And McAuliffe says, us surrender? Oh, nuts. And then his one word reply to the Germans is, you know, nuts. <laughs> in other words, we're not surrendering. Uh, go ahead. Come on in. We're going to take you. And that's all there is to it. What McAuliffe is not aware of, though, is the backstory. And the backstory is that uh, General Patton is just chomping at the bit to break through the German lines, but he can't move forward because of the rain. The rain is nonstop. And a few weeks earlier, he calls his chaplain on the phone and says, you've got to get me a prayer for this weather uh, you know, and the chaplain goes to his prayer books. There, there's there's no prayer on the weather. So he sits down at his typewriter and he creates this original prayer, just a couple sentences, takes it over to Patton. Patton says, yes, I like it. Give me 250,000 copies of it. Let's get it out to the men. And then, and then Patton invites the chaplain to have a seat. He wants to talk to the chaplain about prayer. And these are um, the chaplain's notes. This is what... Um, the chaplain later recounts. So, you know, Patton's at the window and he says, chaplain, how much praying is being done in the third army? And the chaplain replies, does the general mean by chaplains or by the men? And Patton says, by everybody. I want to know how much prayer is being done by everyone. And and here's what the uh, chaplain said. I'm afraid to admit it, but I do not believe that much prayer is going on. When there's fighting, everyone prays. But now with this constant rain, when things are quiet, dangerously quiet, men just sit and wait for things to happen. Prayer out here is difficult. Both chaplains and men are removed from a special building with a steeple. Prayer to most of them is a formal ritualized affair involving special posture and a liturgical setting. I do not believe that much prayer is being done. Patton left the window, sat at his desk, and leaned back in his swivel chair. Playing with his pencil, he began to speak again. Chaplain, I'm a strong believer in prayer. There are three ways that men get what they want, by planning, by working, and by praying. Any great military operation takes careful planning or thinking. Then you must have well-trained troops to carry it out. That's working. But between the plan and the operation, there is always an unknown. That unknown spells defeat or victory, success or failure. 
It is the reaction of the actors to the ordeal when it actually comes. Some people call that getting the breaks. I call it God. God has his part or margin in everything. And that's where prayer comes in. Up to now, in the Third Army, God has been very good to us. We have never retreated. We have suffered no defeats, no famine, no epidemics. This is because a lot of people back home are praying for us. We were lucky in Africa, in Sicily, and in Italy, simply because people prayed. But we have to pray for ourselves, too. A good soldier is not made merely by making him think and work. There is something in every soldier that goes deeper than thinking or working. It's his guts. It is something that he has built in there. It is a world of truth and power that is higher than himself. Great living is not all output of thought and work. A man has to have intake as well. I don't know what you call it, but I call it religion, prayer, or God. Bum, bum, bum. Who knew that Patton was a man of prayer? Who knew? But he's not done, according to the chaplain. Uh, he continues. Um, I wish, said Patton, you would put out a training letter on this subject of prayer to all the chaplains. Write about nothing else, just the importance of prayer. Let me see it before you send it. <laughs> How is it that the, the chaplain is not coming up with this on his own? He's the blooming chaplain. But the general, uh, when he asks the chaplain, are uh, men in the army praying? And the chaplain says, no. The general says, I want you to instruct all the other chaplains you know, on a training letter on prayer. D do it. And then he says, uh, I, I, let me see it when it's done. We've got to get, uh, his quote continues, we've got to get not only the chaplains, but every man in the third army to pray. We must ask God to stop these reins. These reins are the margin that holds defeat or victory. If we all pray, it will be like what Dr. Carroll said. It will be like plugging in on a current whose source is in heaven. I believe that prayer completes that circuit. It is power. Bum, bum, bum. How great is this? Oh, I just love this backstory to, you know, the Germans' demand for McAuliffe to, to surrender. You know, Patton is ordering his chaplain and his army and his men to pray. Just a simple prayer that these reins would stop so he could, he could move forward and he could crush evil. With that, the general rose from his chair, indicating that the meeting was concluded, and O'Neill returned to his office to prepare the training letter Patton had requested. Ah, oh, I just... Um... And then, of course, there was on the other side, there was a, a Christmas wish from the general that said, with, with every good wish to each of you for a very happy Christmas, and my personal congratulations for your splendid and courageous work since landing on the beach. You know, we're going to pray that that God would stop the rains. Oh, and by the way, happy Christmas to all of you, and congratulations on your splendid and courageous work since landing on the beach. I, I just, I don't know. It just, to me, it doesn't get any better. Uh, the, uh, the 664th Engineer Topographical Company 
worked around the clock to reproduce the 250,000 prayer cards and Christmas greeting. Uh, you know, it 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 just you know these cards that just held this simple prayer for for fair weather. And on the flip side, you know, Patton's Christmas greeting. Uh, the cards and then also the training letter to the chaplains were sent out, uh, distributed by December 14. Uh, two days later, the U.S. armies in Europe were engaged in the greatest battle ever fought by American forces, the Battle of the Bulge. Um, Churchill, what, I, what did Churchill say about it? I've got something in here about <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, the greatest American battle of the war. That's what that's what Churchill referred to it as, the Battle of the Bulge in the Ardennes region of Belgium was Adolf Hitler's last major offensive in World War II against the Western Front. Hitler's aim was to split the Allies in their drive toward Germany. Um, the German troops' failure to divide Britain, France, and America with the Ardennes offensive paved the way to victory for the Allies, and what supported that paving was um, Patton's request to his chaplain that he um, that he produce a prayer. Uh, and the outcome of that battle, and possibly of the entire Allied war effort in Europe, would turn on the weather. And certainly the outcome for General McAuliffe after he replied to the Germans. Nuts. Oh, nuts. Um, here is what Patton's adjutant, Colonel Harkins, later wrote regarding all of this. Whether it was the help of the divine guidance asked for in the prayer or just the normal course of human events, we never knew. At any rate, on the 23rd, the day after the prayer was issued, the weather cleared and remained perfect for about six days, enough to allow the Allies to break the backbone of the von Rundstedt offensive and turn a temporary setback into a crushing defeat for the enemy. So Colonel Harkin says the prayer was issued on the 22nd, the very day that the Germans demand for McAuliffe's surrender. And the very day that McAuliffe replies, oh, nuts. And then on the 23rd, the day after the prayer was issued, the weather cleared and remained perfect for about six days. Just long enough for the Allies to sweep through and break the backbone of this German offensive. Now, um, Harkin says whether it was the help of the divine guidance asked for in the prayer or just the normal course of human events, we never knew. Um, you know, I don't know. I think we know. Don't we know? I, I, I mean, maybe it's coincidence that it's been raining for three months, uh, that Patton's army is bogged down by the weather. They can't move and mobilized. And all of a sudden, you know, Patton, you know, gets his his uh, chaplain and says, give me a prayer. Let's pray against this weather. You know, you've got Patton who tells the chaplain, I believe in the power of prayer. And asks the chaplain, are the men praying? And the chaplain says, no, not even the chaplains. No one's praying because we're not in a building. 
We're not in a formal setting. We're out here waiting for the rain. And Patton says, "Uh uh-uh, that's not good enough. Everybody needs to be praying. And you, sir, issue a training manual and get it to your chaplains, instructing them on how to pray. And then uh, on the 22nd, the Germans demand McCullough's surrender. (laughs) McCullough says nuts, nuts to that. I, I just can't say that enough. I love it so much. And then that day, this, uh, you know, according to the colonel, the prayer is issued. And then on the 23rd, the rain stops and it holds off for six days. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It holds off just just long enough for the Allies to break the German lines, break their backs, uh, and put an end to this thing. I don't uh, I don't count it coincidence. I, I think we can know. I think we can choose to know that that the power of prayer is um well what did what did um Patton refer to it as? He said it will be like what Dr. Carroll said. It will be like plugging in on a current whose source is in heaven. I believe that prayer completes that circuit. It is power. That's what Patton believed. That's what he said. He believed prayer is power. And he's he set to work on it. Uh, <laughs> Colonel Harkins continues here in his own notes. General Patton again called me to his office. He wore a smile from ear to ear. He said, God damn, look at the weather. That O'Neill sure did some potent praying. Get him up here. I want to pin a medal on him. You know, and that was Patton. You know, people would say, he's up there swearing. He said GD. Um, But yet he believed in the power of prayer. Uh, Harkins continues, the chaplain came up the next day. The weather was still clear when we walked into General Patton's office. The general rose, came from behind his desk with hand outstretched, and said, Chaplain, you're the most powerful man in this, or you're the most popular man in this headquarters. You sure stand in good with the Lord and the soldiers. And the general then pinned a bronze star on Chaplain O'Neill. Everyone offered congratulations and thanks. Uh, I just, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I just love that story. On Christmas Eve, Patton and Omar Bradley attended a candlelight church service in Luxembourg City, sitting in a box once used by Kaiser Wilhelm II. And Patton ordered a hot turkey dinner for every soldier in the Third Army on Christmas Day. To ensure that his order was carried out, he spent the bitterly cold day driving from one unit to another. Sergeant John Mims, Patton's driver, throughout the war, recalled the following. We left at six o'clock in the morning. We drove all day long from one outfit to the other. He'd stop and talk to the troops, ask them, did they get their turkey or how was it and all that. His diary entry for that day is classic patent. Here's what it said. A clear, cold Christmas. Lovely weather for killing Germans, which seems a bit queer seeing whose birthday it is. I mean, that's Patton. (laughs) That's Patton. He said the troops were cheerful, but I'm not because we are not going fast enough. 
in the spring as the Third Army's advance continued uh, with clear weather, you know, continued. Uh, Patton again thanked the Lord for good weather. And, and here was his note. I'm very grateful to the Lord for the great blessings he has heaped on me and the Third Army, not only in the success which he has granted us, but in the weather which he is now providing. Uh, I just, mm, I don't know. I just, those are the kind of stories I love. I just, you know, finally the weather cleared. American bombers took to the skies. They came by the hundreds driving back the German tanks and General George Patton's army arrived to reinforce Bastogne. And by late January, the Allies had pushed the Germans back to their original position. The Battle of the Bulge saw the last major German offensive and some of the most savage fighting of the war. The Allied line had bent, but it never broke. The Americans had stood their ground. And they did so over Christmas Day. And they did so at the foundation of just a simple prayer. Just a simple prayer to God to stop the rain. You know, Heavenly Father, please stop this rain so we can defeat our enemy, whose purpose is bent on evil. You know, I think we can pray a similar prayer today. Um, you know, we America faces an enemy today uh, who whose mission is bent on evil whose mission would love to thwart the American spirit, the American heart, would love to thwart uh, this liberty that we enjoy. Ah, Dean, I don't know, you sound so dramatic. I, you know, but it's true. Uh, it's it's true. Here we are. We're, we're, we're faced with a formidable foe. But reminded of, of Patton's Christmas time prayer against the weather, Reminded of, of Patton's uh, belief that prayer is power. Perhaps we should engage in a little bit of it. Perhaps we should be reminded just a little bit. All right, uh, we're up against the break. Let's, let's pause here. Maybe I can get Cynthia to come into studio for segment three. All right, we'll pick up segment three on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The cancel culture destroys our history, bringing crime and terror to city streets. America Out Loud News will enhance its own message of love and honor for the American traditions and constitutional values that have always been the backbone of what America means. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. 
Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to uh, the Segment 3 Christmas episode. And welcome back into studio, Cindy. Hi, Dean. How are you? I am well. It's been a while. It has been a while. We're glad to have you back. Yeah, I think the last time I was on uh, was right after we obtained the new Speaker of the House. Oh, yeah, that has been a while. So how long has that been? Oh, it's been a while. It's been a month and a half, maybe. I don't know. Are we happy with him? I believe so. I think so. Yeah, I think we're happy with him. We uh, so, you know, yesterday and today, I just decided I wasn't going to talk about any news. Good for you. Uh huh. <laughs> I needed a break. <laughs> and the news. Shall be waiting for us at the first. Oh, of the year. it's going to be there. We're going to, you know, come first of the year. We're going to keep shining the light of truth on the educational landscape, as it were, and hope, right? And then shining the light of hope. Yeah, hope follows. Anytime truth hits, hope hope's got to follow. Mm-hmm. So, with this being really the last show of the year and getting so close to Christmas, I wanted to talk about some of my favorite historical Christmas episodes. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday we talked about Washington crossing the Delaware. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't happen. A lot of people, you know, erroneously say it happened on Christmas Eve. It didn't. They were planning it. And they planted, uh, you know, planned the cross for, yeah, planted, planned the cross for the crossing for Christmas Day night. And they pulled it off. Yes, they did. Clearly. It's, clearly they did. Yes. Because here we are. And, and yeah, here we sit today. And really, there was a lot riding on that. You know, if they don't, you know, Washington said, you know, I, and I told this yesterday that uh, Benjamin Rush was having a private meeting with him. And while they're talking, Washington's scribbling things on pieces of paper, little tiny pieces of paper. Um, and one of the pieces of paper falls to the ground next to Rush's feet. And he notices the words and it says victory or death. Mm-hmm. And that was the password. Hmm. It was codenamed victory or death because mm. he knew this was it. If they didn't achieve victory, mm-hmm. you know, really all was lost. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't talk about this yesterday, but even at one point in his writings, he says it feels like the game is up. Mm. That this is it. It's almost over. You know, but they they achieve success, and it's this. That's the kind of stuff I like to talk about. Yes, it is. I like to go to history class, and yep. You know, you can kind of pull out the true meaning of Christmas. I think from history class, you can. Yeah. <laughs> You know, in the, in the first couple of segments, we talked about, well, today's the 22nd, and um, General McAuliffe was given an ultimatum. I'm not going to repeat what I said the first two segments, but he was given an ultimatum by the Germans, and you weren't in here, so I got to tell you. And <laughs> I'll listen later. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm already talking about it. They said, you've got to retreat, or you've got to surrender. McAuliffe said, he said nuts. That was his reply. I just love it. It cracks me up. So, oh, nuts. Oh, nuts. Uh, so what's the Christmas story out of that? Well, the backstory is Patton, you know, came through and saved the day, but he did so by issuing this prayer. You know, he instructed his chaplain, let's pray for weather. And it's it's really about that. It's about, you know, it's about understanding you know what the season is about. Who's in charge of 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 the season? Who's in charge of our lives? I mean, that's what Christmas is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think? What do you think? Yes. I think that um, I noticed that right after Thanksgiving, when you start going out to the stores and mm-hmm. everywhere you go, really, everywhere, get gas, hanging out with friends, whatever. The question that I get the most, and I, everyone can probably relate to this, is, are you ready for Christmas? Yeah, that's what you get. That's what you hear. All the way up until are you Christmas ready for Day. Christmas? Are you ready right. for Christmas? And I think, um, I think, of course, often what they mean by that is, have you, are all your gifts purchased? Mm-hmm. Are all the cookies made? Um, is your house cleaned and ready for all the guests? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Name some other yeah. things. Well, I mean, that's it. Really, basically, it's have you done your Christmas shopping? When they say, "Are you ready for Christmas?" What they mean yeah. to say is, "Have you have you have you purchased all your gifts?" Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more to it because there's there's just a lot. Right. Oh, do you have your lights up? Do you have your tree up? Okay. All right. All that kind of stuff. Um, so when people say that, "Are you ready for Christmas?" I I was just thinking today how often. <laughs> Does anyone actually mean is your is your heart ready? Have you prepared your heart? Mm. Um, that's really <laughs> that's what we need. To, not that any of that other stuff isn't good. I mean, that's uh, it's great and it's fun and you know it's a beautiful, fun part of the season. But um, I think the main thing that that we should be focused on really is. Are our hearts ready for Christmas to receive Christ the King? Mm-hmm. So, how do you go about doing that? Um, I, I think it's different for everyone mm. how they how they quiet their hearts um, and prepare. You know, the the song "Joy to the World." Joy to the world. Mm-hmm. What's the? Let every heart prepare him room. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let every heart prepare him room. So, I think everyone has to ask on their own. You know, ask the Lord how how do I need what do I need to do to prepare my heart to 
to prepare my heart for you. That's something we need to do every day, though. That's not just at the Christmas season, but the Christmas season is a wonderful time to oh, really, really look at the the past year because then we're we're right on the heels of a of a new year, um, and just just think about the year and um you know the the lord within that year you know how we invited the lord into that year and how we're going to invite the lord into the coming year and how we prepare our hearts mm. for him and all that hmm. well that's a lot different than um <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not a lot different. I was going to say it's a lot different than going out and buying gifts and, and putting up lights, but really it's not. And you and I were commenting about this the other day, about going to see the lights. Yes, we went to see the the lights. Um, it's at uh, Crossroads, yeah, Village. Crossroads Village in Michigan. There's this place called Crossroads Village, and it, it's a village of, um, they brought over old buildings old historical buildings from all around the area recreated it and yep uh so they put up they put up a bunch of lights i wish uh, they actually have posted how many lights they actually put up mm -hmm. um i don't remember but on certain on mondays i think it is mm -hmm. it's just mondays you can drive through the village they yeah. shut the village down to people who come in and because, know, walk around yeah because you can get out and walk Yes. And visit. Right. And ride the train. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so on Mondays, you can just, it's just a drive through thing. You pay $10 and you, mm -hmm. and you drive through. And it's, it's amazing to me how many people flock to yeah. drive through and see that. And it takes all of, like, how long? Do you, I don't less know. than 10 minutes? It, oh, it, maybe five minutes to drive through. <laughs> if it was, if it was 10 minutes, I don't even think it was, it'd be a dollar a minute. Right. Uh, <laughs> to see the lights. Um, but, People are drawn to people are drawn to Christmas lights. Mm -hmm. They're mesmerized by the beauty, but I think that speaks of something deeper with within all of us that we long for the beauty and the light. Because ultimately, what our hearts are longing for is the light of the world, mm -hmm. which is Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's the light of the world. And, and, you know, Christmas time just, it gives us an opportunity to, I guess, kind of recenter ourselves, just to refocus our thoughts on that. We could have uh, told Charlie Brown that. Told Charlie Brown? Well, he asks that that historical oh. question. Can, is there someone here that can tell me right. what Christmas is all about? Yep. We're going to play that clip, right? Yeah, we actually, we have that that clip. I'm going to play Milo first because that's... Oh, we got to play. All right. I, so I got to set up Milo. So um, Milo is... Uh, he's just on the internet. I mean, you can probably go find him. I don't know if, you, if you'd if you search for Milo or, you know... Uh, he's this little British kid. And he comes home one day. He's in the, the back seat. Uh, you know what? I, I think I'll, I'll post the video on the Instagram page. Yeah, he's in the back seat of the car. He had... He must have just gotten they must have just come from practice at church i don't know or school was, or something yeah he's in a tie like maybe he's got a uniform on yeah 
and he asks or he he tells his mom he's got a classic part in the nativity yeah and he he's wanting her to guess what the part is and dean and i just fell in love with this clip we've listened to it over and over and over again we just love this little kid and his his attitude and his spirit about the whole thing right right it's great it, yeah his attitude about all of it uh, oh if it's the if it's the attitude we all had about oh, life oh my goodness yes we would be geniuses so good all right well let's um Let's listen to to Milo, and he's he's telling his mom, you know, it's kind of hard to start it in the beginning, but he's asking his mom if she can guess what role he's, what classic role he is in the Christmas nativity. Guess what I am for the nativity? I'm a classic one. Classic role, is it? Classic part? Yeah. Um, Joseph? No. Uh, uh, one of the three wise men? No. But it's a classic part? Yeah. Okay, um, you tell me then, because... I'm door holder number three, I'll be holding doors. That's amazing! Holding doors for who? Um, probably, um, Joseph and Mary. Oh my gosh, were you pleased when they said that? And I was like, I'm a door holder, get in there, let's go, <laughs> yes. I'll have to wear, like, brown. Really? Yeah, probably. Excellent. That's, wow, that's really smart, Milo. I'm door holder number three. Mm-hmm. I'll be holding doors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How great is that? It's, oh, we love it. Oh, we love it. How many times? We just... <laughs> we'll just listen to just it. We throw that out there all the time. We say we say it all the time. Yeah. Uh, door holder number three, I'll be holding doors. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a classic part. Guess what he is in the Tiffany? He's door he's door holder number three. So good. I love his attitude. Oh, that's that's a Christmas time attitude right there. It's a it's a life attitude. It's a lifetime attitude. If that was if that truly, truly think about it. If that was your attitude about everything in life, yeah. Wouldn't you succeed at everything you accomplished? Yes. Let's get in there. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh man, he's a door holder. It's a classic part. Mm-hmm. Um, basic classic role. Basic classic <laughs> role. Yeah. And and mom is just so proud of him. Yep. She's just it. out there cheering him on. Yep. And if we could all encourage one another like that. If we all could, uh, that would just be that would that would just make life so much better. Wouldn't it? And you know, what better time to encourage people than right now mm-hmm. during Christmas? And all through the year. <laughs> oh, do it all through the year. Be that encouraging voice throughout throughout the year. Yeah. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> all right. I, you know what? We can't. So this is this is really the final show. And I think we have to play that Linus clip. Yes, for sure. It, oh, were you going to read that? That's a fun little. Should I read this first? Yeah. Okay. So this is borrowed from Charlene M. Spear and Christian Life Ministry. Uh, you know, one of our, our friends posted this. It says, in 1965, Charles Schultz, a devout Christian and creator of the Peanuts comic strip, was asked to create a Christmas special for CBS featuring the Peanuts characters. He agreed with one requirement, that they allow him to include the story of the birth of Jesus. Although the station's executives were hesitant and tried to convince him otherwise, so Schultz was insistent. As a result, for the past 50 years, millions of people have watched A Charlie Brown Christmas and heard the story of Jesus and what Christmas is all about. 
It wasn't until a few years back that I realized a hidden message in the cartoon. Linus, a child who seems to have some insecurities as he carries a security blanket with him at all times. In fact, Linus never drops his blanket, except once. While sharing the message of what Christmas is all about, Linus drops his blanket at the exact moment he says the words, fear not. In this seemingly innocent moment, Linus delivers a powerful reminder of the true meaning of Christmas. We are to fear not, for Jesus is born. We needn't rely on material things for security. We have God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the true meaning of Christmas. A while back, someone informed me, indignantly so, that Linus picks up his blanket at the end of the speech, so my interpretation must be wrong. Well, he was right. Linus does pick up his blanket at the end of his speech. However, he drops it again later. Amid big, bright, colorful, shiny, artificial trees, Charlie Brown chose the least of these, a little wooden tree with just a few branches. Shortly thereafter, Linus uses his blanket to wrap around the base of the tree and says, maybe it just needs a little love. In that moment, the tree awakens, stands tall and firm, a reminder that no matter who we are, how many mistakes we've made, a little love can make all the difference. But strive to fear not and love one another, not just at Christmas time, but the whole year through. Yeah, let's pick up the Linus clip. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And that's what Christmas is all about. Merry Christmas, sin. Merry Christmas. See you in 2024, everyone. See you in 2024. That's all the time we have for today and for this year. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. 